Welcome to Sunday Morning Live Fellowship. You are listening to our live Sunday morning service. Now turn with me, please, to 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 7 through 14. While you're finding our scripture passage, let me just say this. Hmm. Don't limit God's provision based on what you can see with your eyes. When we measure God's resources based on what we can see with our itty-bitty eyes, we have turned our needs into idols because that's where we put our focus. All we want to look at is the need. All we want to pray about is the need that we have before us. We should be praying for others. We should be ministering to others, but we're not ministering to anything but what we need. You might know the back the Bible backward and forward. Maybe you can recite God's promises by the dozens. But in our heart, God is no longer the king who conquers armies and cuts a valley in the sea. He is no longer the shepherd who seeks his sheep and keeps them safe behind his staff. He is no longer the Lord who walks on the waves and calls the dead back from the grave. Slowly and subtly, we have forgotten God's power, God's wisdom, and God's care. Beloved, we have God's promises in his word. But when the promises of God seem powerless to calm our fears and soothe our grief and lift our worries and motivate our obedience, we need to do more than just simply hear his promises again. We need to behold, we need to see the God who spoke the word. Beloved, don't measure God's provision based upon what you can see or what you need. Measure God's provision for you by how much of himself God shows you. Measure God's supply by how much of himself he gives you and rejoice over his presence through his word. Now turn with me, please, to our text. First Kings chapter 17, verses 7 through 14. Verse 7, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. 
When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jug so that I may drink? As she was going to get it, he called. And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Mm, mm, mm. Oh God, we thank you. We are saying thank you. In spite of what we need, in spite of what we lack, in spite of what we've lost, thank you. We say thank you as we move forward and all we see is need. We see prayers that have not been answered. But oh God, we refuse to just look at unanswered prayer requests. In fact, we refuse to even look at the request. God, we are going to look beyond and above what we have asked for and see you, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides (laughs) whatever it is that's needed right now. We thank you because you are releasing the promises. You are releasing the sustenance. You are reconciling what has been broken. You are repairing every need and supplying. Oh God, your will to us. We thank you for your presence. We declare and we praise you right now that it is enough. Oh God, we pray that you would minimize, even diminish your servant. Oh God, let it be all of you and none of me. Have your way, God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the healing that's going forth right now. We thank you for the returning of sight. We thank you, oh God, for the minimizing of inflammation. We thank you for the regulation of blood pressures and sugar. (laughs) 
We thank you for healing hearts, oh God, that have been broken. We receive your restoration now from your mighty and gracious hand. We pray for everyone within the sound of my voice and give you all the glory in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 14 B, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. I would like to use for a subject this morning, don't measure God's provision from what you can see. Don't measure God's provision from what you can see. In our text this morning, God is testing the prophet Elijah at a place called Zarephath, which actually means a smelting place. The testing and needs of the prophet became a means of ministry to a poor widow and her son. Beloved, always know the events in our lives, even our everyday seemingly mundane affairs are not without purpose and not without God's providential care as the one who works all things after the council of his will. But important to this truth in the Bible is the need of God's people to consider this fact against the very events in our lives. The events in our lives God uses as tools and agents for ministry. Mm. Sometimes God is using these events to get our attention, to change our values, to perfect our character, priorities, pursuits, and above all, to change what we put our trust in for our own security and happiness. But let's never lose sight of the fact that the same events that test us often become the means by which God is able to use us in ministry to others. In other words, our trials and even our needs often become vehicles for ministry and opportunities to manifest the reality and the power of God. I know I'm right. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17 says, and I'm sorry, I did not put the Bible verses in the chat. I'll try to remember next Sunday. But 2 Corinthians 4 and 17 says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, 
worketh for us a far more <coughs> exceeding and eternal weight of glory. This is precisely what we see in this next episode in the life of Elijah. Elijah's need became a means of meeting the needs in the lives of a widow and her son. Beloved, we are not here for ourselves. Even when we have pain and need, we are not here for ourselves. God uses our pain and our need to minister to the people around us through our suffering or our need. And the Bible says in chapter 17, 8 and 9, Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Elijah received a word from the Lord with instruction, but the sequence here is resultant. It points to a consequence. The brook had dried up, but God had promised to supply Elijah's need. Elijah waited on the Lord while the brook was drying up. Mm. He did not run ahead or run away to do his own thing or complain and discontent. So now God comes to his rescue and gives Elijah new instructions. Elijah had been faithful while dwelling by the brook, but now God is moving him out of this place of provision. God is moving him out of this place of solitude and testing into a ministry that was the result of this brook drying out. In other words, the next assignment for ministry comes out of his need. Now, Elijah did not move from the brook that was drying up until he had a word from the Lord. The principle is God leads and directs us through his word. First Kings 17 and 9, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. We see the prophet did not move until he had a word from the Lord. Even though the brook was drying up, he remained by the brook until a word came from God. All Elijah could see was that his water source was getting low. See, beloved, when you and I measure what God is doing, we tend to measure it by what we can see. Every day, Elijah was looking at this brook 
And by the gallons, the brook was going down until Elijah got to the point when he could no longer measure any water coming from the brook. All he could see were dried up resources. We tend to measure God's supply or establish our confidence and hope by what we can measure and see. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I can read your mind because I'm thinking the same thing. (laughs) That obviously we need to know and be aware of our human conditions. Mm. We, as human beings, we need to know the facts. I am not trying to minimize the fact. The water was gone. There was no more water you could measure. But what we see must not become the basis of our confidence in what God can do for us and what God will do. All of our direction must be found in God's person, God's promises, and God's commands. And the Bible says, and when he, he being Elijah, I'm at it, came to the gate of the city, behold, a woman was there gathering sticks. Mm. Now, Elijah has gone from the brook, the dried up brook, and we now find him at the gate of the city called Zarephath. Oh, but God, God had gone before Elijah and arranged it all. Beloved, God never leaves us. And besides that is always going before us. But as we said while we were chatting at the beginning of the service, God leads us one step at a time. I posted on Facebook this week, don't rush it. If you rush it, you will ruin it. God moves us step by step. If Elijah was looking for something to encourage him based upon what he could see and all he saw was this poor, destitute widow gathering sticks, Elijah would have been discouraged based upon what he could see with his small eyes if that was what he was basing his faith on because gathering sticks during those times was a sign of poverty. This woman was so poor, she didn't even have any propane in order to cook a simple meal. She had to get out and round up sticks by human measurements. How reasonable was it that the man of God could expect that his needs would be filled under her roof. It was no more reasonable than Noah should build an ark before he had ever seen rain, much less a flood. 
It was no more reasonable than when Joshua commanded the people to walk around Jericho and expect the walls to fall down flat. But beloved, the path of obedience is the path of faith that looks to God and does not depend on what we can see with our natural eyes. How we respond to God's word is the issue. Elijah's response is the issue. God was preparing Elijah at the brook. And what you're going through right now, God is preparing you to minister to someone else. Stop complaining about what you're going through and thank God because he is preparing you for ministry. The very God who commanded the ravens to feed Elijah at the brook was the same God who commanded the widow and would supply through her. The principle is that God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. What he did for you before, God is going to do for you again. Your circumstances may change. Your location may change. But the God that supplies all of our needs will never change. Our circumstances do do not diminish the character and the power of God. What we see in no way changes the faithfulness of God. Elijah saw beyond this woman's condition and saw Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. He did not judge according to what he saw, but according to to the character and divine essence of the God that he served. Elijah trusted in the promises of God. We don't find Elijah throwing up his hands and saying, I don't believe this. You mean this poor widow woman is my supply for food? How can she help me? But oh, on the contrary, uh, Elijah acted in faith with his eyes on the Lord. And the Bible says, the man of God asked this destitute woman, this destitute widow for a jar of water and a piece of bread. He didn't see any water and he didn't see any bread. On the surface, all Elijah could see was barrenness and scarcity. The woman was a contradiction to the promise. The promise was, I have commanded a widow to feed you. How would you respond if you were this poor woman and someone asked you for your last? Someone asked you for your last dollar. Someone asked you for your last bit of food, your last bottle of water, your last 
piece of bread, what would you do? Look at this poor widow's response in verse 12. In fact, the man of God's request opened up all of these fresh wounds for this widow woman. She could conceal her pain no longer. Her words showed she was not only poor, but severely depressed. She had given up and was ready to die. This was her last supper. And after she and her son would eat, they planned to starve. Yet still God had prepared her heart for his word. God had prepared her heart for the ministry of the prophet. Note what she said in verse 12, as the Lord your God lives, not my God, but as the Lord your God lives. This suggests she must have recognized Elijah as a prophet from Israel. Maybe it was the way he dressed, I don't know, but she knew that Yahweh was his God, but she also knew Yahweh was not her God. At this point, Elijah begins some crazy talk. Beloved, we, we, we used to talk crazy all that. We need to start talking crazy again. Mm. What do I mean by crazy talk? Uh, all Elijah could see was scarcity. Mm. We didn't got so educated and got older and we don't talk crazy anymore. But Elijah began to talk crazy talk. All he saw was destitute. All he saw was scarcity. But Elijah began to talk about abundance and provision. All he saw was a widow that was desolate. But Elijah begins to speak a word of faith into a moment of deep Fear and resignation after hearing about the widow's preparation for her death. Elijah gives the widow the same word of promise that God had given him. And he begins to say, don't be afraid, but first make a little cake of it um, and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son, beloved. We got to start doing better. We got to stop speaking only what we can see. Yeah, Elijah's words seem crazy, but these crazy words were actually an invitation to this destitute woman to participate in the reality of God's promises, the creation that the promises were shaking, shaping and making at that time. They were creating because we could not 
see it. If you would speak the promises of God, they will begin creating. You will begin to see in your life. Elijah then further clarifies the promises of God. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Mm, Elijah got specific. You know, some folk come to you and say, the Lord told me to tell you, you're going to be blessed. Okay. Mm. Elijah got specific. Mm. Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Mm. the jar of meal will not be emptied and the jug of oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. In other words, God will provide for you and your son. Not based upon the fact that there's no rain. Not based upon the fact of what you see. But based upon the fact of what the word of God says. Yes, You were condemned by hunger. Yes, you were condemned by death and suffering. But the word of the Lord nullifies the death sentence because death is now swallowed up in victory and death has been reversed. Uh, This story is the contradiction uh, between the promise of God uh, and the death sentence. Uh, Whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. Elijah's ministry in the story is to bring a word from the outside that nullifies the death sentence resting on the head of the widow and her son. This gift of salvation comes in the form of daily bread, beloved. God has promised to supply your needs according to his riches and glory. Get your eyes off your need. Jesus literally has become our daily bread. So today, we must preach. We must minister to people who are living under a death sentence. We must bring a word, a promise from the outside. For us today, Elijah's word to the woman in verse 13 and 14 are equivalent to us giving others the promises of God's love and provision. Never judge or measure God's supply by what you can see. He is the one who does exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think or see. Ask God for the vision needed to see the opportunity for ministry. It's lying right under your nose, even in spite of your need. God wants to use you right now. You're waiting until your needs 
are supplied and your prayer requests are answered. God wants to use you in your need. Pray and ask God for the compassion and love while you're in need. Reach out to others with his power and his love. Know that the God is aware of what you need and you need to turn that need over to him. Your basic needs have been met in Jesus Christ. Some of you listening to me right now, you have needs that overwhelm you. Maybe you feel unloved. Maybe you lack uh, the essential ingredients to make life feel worthwhile. Like this poor widow woman in our story, maybe you feel barren and cold and burdened and left alone. Maybe you feel that you are missing something in your life. Now, I suggest you try then this simple formula that Elijah gives us. He ministered out of his need and he reaped what he ministered. He ministered out of his need and reaped what he ministered. You who feel you are lacking, find someone around you and begin to help them. Yeah, I'm in the New Testament now. And when you have finished that deed, turn around and find someone else that you can help. It is a simple formula for blessing. Minister, you cannot reap unless you sow. I'm in the New Testament. You shut me off because I was in 1 Kings. Now I'm in the New Testament. And he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. But he who sows abundantly will reap abundantly. I'm still in the New Testament. Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Here's the word measure. Good measure. Let God measure stuff for you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. This is the law of life. This woman gave her last. Now this is the venture, capital of faith, that God calls us all to live. It is to step out on the promise that he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for us as food will supply and multiply our resources and increase the harvest of our righteousness so that we will be enriched in every way so that we can give which through us will produce Thanksgiving to God. I'm almost done. Beloved, stop focusing on your need. Elijah was no longer being fed by the ravens. The brook had dried up. But stop looking back on how God did it in the past and using the same measurements from the past to determine what God is going to do right now. God is. 
Elijah had a current need. He left the brook and went to a place where all he could see was need. His need, the widow's need, but rather than focusing on their need, Elijah said, thus saith the Lord, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Thus saith the Lord, what promise has God spoken to you? Get your eyes off your need so that you can hear what God is trying to say to you. Get your focus off your need and thank God for what he's about to do. We don't know how he's going to do it. I'm quoting Corrine now. We don't know how he's going to do it. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know when he's going to do it, but we do know that God is going to work everything for our good. Now get your eyes off your financial need. Get your eyes off your relationship needs and give God the praise. That's all you really need is a word from the Lord. God is already taking care of all of that other stuff you're looking at and worrying about. It's already taken care of. Beloved, all you need is a word from the Lord. And I give you a word from the Lord right now. If you have not received Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only route to the Father, the death, burial, and resurrection of God that became a man and overcame death and gave us eternal life. Will you receive that life and righteousness right now? You can't save yourself. Only Jesus Christ, who has paid for our salvation. Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself only. I am sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you. From this day forward, help me to live every day in a way that pleases you. If you prayed that simple prayer with me, please contact me at 231-349-1046. So I may explain to you the first steps of salvation. God bless you.